Hi everybody, and welcome to a new episode of Tapis Rouge. I'm your host, Guillaume Cauchois, and for this episode, the shout-out goes to Majo Cornejo, the wonderful singer of Luzia. She was the first one to guess our guest today, Daria Vintilova. I've known Dasha for many years. I've seen her on stage, of course, we hung out at parties, and we both had the privilege to be in the jury at the 40th edition of the Festival Mondial du Cirque de Demain in Paris. Dasha is like the Cirque du Soleil star of trapeze. She has been rocking Cirque du Soleil shows since she was a child and still is today, with the same passion for the stage. She really had an incredible life so far, and I'm super excited to share our conversation with you guys. Here she is, Daria Vintilova. Hey, Dasha, welcome to Tapis Rouge. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. Thank you for the invitation. No worries. Are you back in Mexico now? Yes, I am. I have been here for the last six days. Nice. And you are performing on Hoya right now, right? Yes, correct. I have been performing on Hoya for the last three years. And uh, today is our first day back of season um, season eight. But um, for me, it's fourth year, starting fourth year with Hoya. Nice. So fourth year performing in Mexico. And are you still doing swinging trapeze? Yes, I'm doing a solo swing trapeze. So for the people who don't know about winch what's what's the difference between swing trapeze um, and winch trapeze well um swing trapeze is a traditional solo trapeze that is just um hanged at uh, six six meters or higher and uh, you just do fix there and you swing uh, winch trapeze is motorized um, trapeze that goes up and down so with a automation so you have more possibilities to to do more amazing things <laughs> that's awesome and um, uh, if I'm right, you didn't start it with swinging trapeze. So can you tell us a little bit of how did you start it in Cirque du Soleil? Um, with trapeze, I started when I was 12 years old. Cirque du Soleil offered me um, to go to Montreal. Um, and uh, first they offered me a, a three-month trial and they told me if, if everything works well and I'm a good student. Uh, student of Victor Fomin, then um, they want me to learn trapeze in six months. <laughs> and Victor Fomin obviously said it is not possible to learn trapeze in three months or six months. So, um, but I, I, I was his f- fastest student and I was able to, to learn trapeze from scratch from zero at 12 years old in 14 months. And in those 14 months, uh, able to do, uh, create an act as well. So um, after I have already worked with Salto Monco uh, in the Adagio Act with my parents um, in a hand-to-hand trio act, uh, I did that for three years. When I was 12 years old, I left for Montreal by myself to learn trapeze, and I stayed there for 14 months. And uh, that's we did. We did that. We worked very hard with Victor in the headquarters. Okay, so wait, and because after- there is so many information here. So first, you, <laughs> <laughs> you. Before, so you started trapeze at 12 years old yes. and Correct. beef, which is super young. But before that, you were already working for Cirque. You were working in Saltimanco with your parents. Yes. So I how, started... how did that, that work out? Like, how did you end up working 
in a Cirque show with your parents? Um, so my father, my both of my parents are from Sport Acro from Ukraine. Both of them are uh, world champions in acro sport. In 1995, my dad was offered a contract to join the creation of Kidam in a Bankin Act, which is one of the most famous acts in Cirque du Soleil. Bankin Act is a group act uh, with a lot of acrobats throwing people around and um, doing a lot of acro. Yeah, it's an act that so, also went to Monte Carlo, right? With, yes, correct. Yeah. yeah, and they won gold there. So my dad was one of the original, was there in the original cast of Bumkin in 1995. And uh, we flew to Montreal and uh, they did the creation of Kidam. We were just there as a company mem- family members, my mom, my brother. Actually, my brother was born in Montreal during the creation and myself and um, <clears throat> uh, my dad we went on tour with Kidam for three years and um, obviously my parents were very uh, hard USSR acrobats so they, wouldn't <laughs> let, they wouldn't let me rest so obviously uh, I, I since I was three years old I was training with my father in the hand-to-hand so in between shows, when your dad was working on Kidam, he was training you backstage or something like that. Um, yes, it was. Uh, it was before the show. It was uh, during the show. It was after the show. And way back in the nineties, we were kids were not allowed to really be anywhere near the artistic tent. So we used to train outside on the road cases uh, between my dad's cues. <laughs> Um, my dad told me that uh, there might be a possibility for us joining Sultan Banco, but there was a lot of families to choose from and we had to train very hard in order to get the part, which now I know. (laughs) (laughs) So there were many different families with children ready to... To work or that was a trick from your dad that was to a make trick. it train? That was a, <laughs> correct. That was a trick from my dad in order for me to be motivated and train harder. There was no families. We were the only one, actually. But my father never told me that. <laughs> so we trained for a year and we created an, an act and we sent the video cassette to the headquarters. And um, a couple of months later, we got an answer that we got the part. And in June of 1998, I think, we flew to Montreal to start the creation of Saltambanco. And my dad finished uh, Kidam and joined us a few months, a few weeks later in Montreal to start the creation of Saltambanco. I'm fasting forward a little bit now. Did, did that ever happen to you that you refused to go on stage with the act on Saltambanco? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Refusing to go on stage uh, was not an option and I didn't didn't refuse to because I loved performing. Um, performing being on site in the artistic tent was something I enjoyed. I loved because it was uh, it was so much fun and I had so many so many friends, adult friends, because <laughs> all all the people around me are artists that are much older than me. But it was more it was more the the off stage, like the training hard the. The waking up in the morning, going to school, the the amount of um, repetitions you have to do. But once you started performing and you started to have that that reward, that going on stage and that that was fun and that starting to like hang out with other artists and things like once 
once you started to have that pleasure of performing on stage, did that make the training part a little bit easier because maybe you understood like, oh, like I worked so hard for that. So I need to <laughs> give that, I need to do the stuff that's annoying in <gasps> order to- not. <laughs> Absolutely not. Training was not fun. My parents were extremely strict. It was uh, it was hardcore. I would it was like cold war every time I would go to train <laughs> because it was just uh, it was very strict. It was, I had to train and I, it had to be perfect. And uh, if it was not perfect, I had to do it ten times more. One like my daily my daily routine was at least to do three hundred press ups from one hand on on each arm. It was, it was a standard 300, 300 per day on each oh arm. Oh my God. It's crazy. Oh my and God. Uh, so I had, I had a particular, um, workout drills that I had to, it was written on, on the paper, 100 of those, 200 of those, 300 of those. And if I was not finished by the end of the day, I had to stay, uh, or do it the next day extra. So it was, <laughs> um, yeah, it was like USSR mentality your parents were being very very strict on your training yes for sure yes now the, the creation of certain monko is starting and it's your first time doing character work and everything so how was that for you at that age it was a, it was a lot of fun because I, I we did a lot of uh jeu classes and a lot of uh classes with uh, artists that I, I, I shared the stage with and I was always the youngest one and I guess I always had the more attention and everybody loved me because in Saltamanco I was the main character and everything that was in the show was about that little child so I, I felt a lot of love and a lot of support. That's amazing <laughs> and how was it to be actually performing with your parents? Um, <laughs> the performance aspect of it, because who the, I, th I think everybody who performed on stage with other people, there is something special that happens between human beings when you perform on stage together. And when you're uh, on a Cirque du Soleil show, when you have so many people in the house, you know, 2,600 people clapping and everything, it really makes the moment special. So was it, how was it for you with your mom and dad? Um, it was definitely... Um, I wouldn't say hard, but it was definitely, I had to do everything very, very good in terms of the tricks and acrobatics. So there was no, there was not a lot of space for error because if there was, I had to do that trick many, many times after, uh, the act backstage. <laughs> I have to do it perfect because I'm going to have to do these 300 presses after the show. If Correct. I don't do it right. <laughs> Correct. So it was more of like, let's just concentrate those five minutes of the act, do everything as they want. Perfect. Like no mistakes. So I can just relax and enjoy the rest of the show. And I don't have to stay after the show and do extra push-ups or whatever they're going to ask me to. So it was definitely walking on a thin line between, <laughs> between I'm going to fail or I'm going to achieve. <laughs> and every and every time and every time the act was done, I was just like, okay, this is done. Thank you very much. Let's now have fun. <laughs> That's amazing. And I think, but I think that fine line. I mean, we not every acrobat have the pressure of performing with 
his parents, but that fine line of like, okay, I'm going to go like, it's not like a movie when if you don't do it great the first time you can do another take, like you go, the audience is here. You need yeah. to do it perfectly the it first time. So you are always on that same line. Yeah, exactly. Um, it was definitely living in the moment. There was no, uh, you know, there was no like thinking about something else. I couldn't mess up. So it was definitely living in the moment. I guess that's why that became so successful because we were always spot on um, every night. And I think in the five years I've worked with them, we only, I think, fell once. You made one mistake in five years? I think so, yeah. Like, uh, I think I was doing like a, like a pull to one arm because we had like a royal version for premieres. We we would like we would add extra tricks or make it harder. So I think in five years I only like messed up once. <laughs> and we, so. for our listeners who wouldn't be aware, Cirque du Soleil shows make about three hundred and eighty to four hundred shows a year. So out of five years doing four hundred shows a year, you did only one mistake. That's a pretty that's a like pretty a- good ratio. Um, a massive one, yeah, like where the public is like, oh my God, she fell, you know? Like a massive one. Yeah, I think once. <laughs> and from from there, what was the trigger that pushed Cirque to offer you to train in Swinging Trapeze, to have your own act? Um, well, I started to, I started to grow and I was not, I was going to soon not uh, fit the role because I would be like too tall or I would be like the same size as some of the house troop girls. And because I, I had so much talent and so much experience already behind me, and I guess I was, I don't know, professional. You were doing, you were doing only one mistake every five years. So Sergusele was like, eh, we, we're gonna keep this one. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and I remember Pierre Parisien. Thank you to him, uh, our artistic director at that time in Salta Manco. He, you know, um, when I was when I was eleven, I. Um, my my brother took over he was four years old he took over and um they didn't know what to do with me for a year because I didn't really fit um like the house troop because I was a little bit too short and I was still not tall enough to do anything else so for a year I was just uh, doing some cues and That's for, for, our lis- for our listeners who wouldn't know the cues are all the small moments small character moments in the show where you don't necessarily have to perform acrobatically but you're just a character on stage you're doing appearances and stuff like that um so for a year i i just did that but i definitely uh, when we were in japan i was 11 i just turned 11 i definitely had a passion for trapeze and i was the first time i ever tried trapeze uh, shana carroll at that time was our trapeze artist on salta Manco, and she gave me a lesson of trapeze on the stage of salta Manco. it was very minimal it was just swinging and just trying to feel how how it is to be up there flying and um so i definitely had a special uh, um special i don't know passion or like or love towards trapeze and every time, uh, you know, backstage when you're just hanging in artistic tent instead of, uh, I don't know, nowadays everybody's on, on the phones, <laughs> but <laughs> back there, everybody will used to, you know, read books and, you know, look at newspaper and stuff like I would, um, 
I would definitely just climb up the trapeze and just try different things and just, you know, have the feel of how it is on a trapeze and just push my boundaries and see if I could do something interesting on the trapeze. And I was quite flexible. So I used a lot of my flexibility to do weird positions and just, just tangle around myself with the ropes and the body. And just, I would have one hour sessions before the show, just put on music in my headphones and just have one hour where I don't get up the trapeze and I just try to do whatever comes to my mind, just improvise to the music. And um, they saw that passion in me towards trapeze. And uh, one day in the middle of, uh, before a premiere on, on tour in Europe, I remember Diane Queen, she came to visit us and they stopped um, with Pierre Parisien. They looked up and it was backstage and I was just on the trapeze and they said something to each other and they nodded and they walked off. And I was like, oh, something's going on. <laughs> <laughs> something is going on. And then um, I think a couple of, there was already talks of, of what, I'm going to come back to that in a second. There was already talks with my parents and Pierre Parisien what to do with me next. They wanted me maybe to go to Alegria and do like a, a personage, like a character. But my father was not very thrilled about me like doing power track because I never done that before. So there was there was few ideas of what to do with me next. But that one particular day when uh, Diane Queen and Pierre Parisien saw me, a couple of weeks, a couple of weeks later, my dad came up to me and he goes, "Listen, there was um, there was this um, discussion going on and a possibility of uh, maybe um, Cirque du Soleil offering you." a chance to go to Montreal to the headquarters and try out trapeze with Victor Femin. Would it be something that would interest you? Oh my God. Inside of me, I was so extremely happy. My first question to my father was, will I go alone? And he goes, yes, you have to go alone because we have to stay on tour, continue working. And I was like, hell Yes, I am going to Montreal without you guys, and I'm gonna learn trapeze, and you're not gonna be on my back and telling me what to do. No more 300 presses every day. <laughs> right. That's amazing. So, and did you and know who the, Victor Fomin was? Yes. Well, I've heard of him, and uh, um, obviously, um, I I asked, and they said it's the best trapeze guru in the world and uh, you know you should go and trade with him <laughs> and then uh, I think it took a couple of months and I and I flew to Montreal and I stayed there for 14 months and then my journey with Victor Fumin started in Studio E of headquarters <laughs> in general how was it for you as a kid to work for Cirque du Soleil like how was Cirque du Soleil taking care of you as an artist but as a child too um it was amazing because um i had school i had a private tutor i think i i am very lucky that i i had this kind of upgrowing because i lived in a village of fun there was the kitchen i had 
I was friends with the chef and then there was uh, the office people that you say hello to and they give you candies. Then you have the school and you have like a whole open site where you can play. But so they, um, they were really making sure that you, even though you were living an extraordinary experience, they wanted to make sure that you somehow had the right education following the school system and that you could absolutely. be a child. Absolutely. absolutely. And um, there was even some, some states and some countries that didn't allow me to work X amount of hours. And I was very upset about that because they made me leave right after the act. And um, somebody else had to do the little other parts. It was like once or twice a week. I think in some states I had to leave earlier because of the child um, regulations. But yes, I definitely was definitely a one of a kind, unforgettable uh, uh, memory. Yes, oh, they were. Awesome. It, was, it was amazing. Oh, it's amazing. <laughs> so fast forward to Montreal. So now you arrive in Montreal. And you're about to start your trapeze journey with Victor Fomin. Yes. So that first day in the studio, you arrive. Like, how do you feel? What's happening? Like, how? Um, how is it? It's all. It's all very blurry. I guess. Um, I remember. <laughs> I don't remember the first few days, but it was also you know, Victor talks to me in Russian, very in a very strict way, and the. Dasha did this, Dasha did that. And he, he, I feel like he knows he can push me because I already have such a, such a good, um, I already have the base of everything. Yeah. Your parents did did the job. (laughs) Yes. So whatever he was asking me, I was able to do it. If not from the first time, from the second, for sure. So he kept pushing my boundaries because if it took, uh, a normal student uh, to learn a tempo it would uh, a week it would take me a day and if uh, i didn't <clears throat> achieve something he would tweak something and we would uh do like our like a, a different way and the technique would change a little bit so it was definitely i guess a very interesting experience for him as well because it was some it was a i was his youngest student ever and also I was able to uh, learn things quick. So he was the best teacher paired with the best student. That's I, pretty I amazing. Say, I guess you can say that. But uh, and uh, and how old were you when when you started? Uh, with him? Twelve years old. Twelve, 12 years, years old. old. Yes, I yeah. I arrived there. I was a little bit. It was a little bit before. It was I think November. November 11, uh, I was 11, and then in January, I turned 12. But I was very, you know, very respectful and very shy at the beginning. And then I started to get a hang of it. And I remember <laughs> he asked me to do something, and I told him no. And he goes, Daria. He never calls me Dasha. So nobody ever calls me Dasha. Uh, Daria, sorry. Everybody calls me Dasha. And he is the only person today to today that calls me Daria because it's a very it's well first of all it's a very respectful and very uh, like a, a straightforward way of appro- uh, saying a name right because Dasha is like cute nice fun family friends and 
even now today, Victor just tells me Daria. He just respects you. He calls you by your name. There is no. Yes, <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> but coming back, coming back to one this particular day, I remember um, I decided to show him my character, and he asked me to do something, and I said no. And we we got into like Victor and I sometimes even. Uh, uh, even now, I guess we would always have where two masters are trying to tell each other what is the right way to do it. So he was trying to tell me, you have to do this. And for some reason, I felt that it was not the right way to do it. And I was like, no, that's, but I didn't know anything. Like, I, but I knew I was confident that it, whatever he was telling me is not going to work. So I turned around and I said back to, like, you know, you're on the trapeze, you're swinging, but I, I didn't listen to him and I turned my back to him and I said like this and he goes, Dasha, don't show me your character. And he goes, listen to me. And I just kept like having turning back. your back, turning yes. your back on him. Oh my God. Yes. And you know what he did? He just left and he left me up there. And you know, with trapeze, you can't go down by yourself because you're like attached to you're the attached it. You need to drop yeah. on the lounge and the person who pulls you right. just pulls so you down. So he left me there for five minutes and I started to like have cold sweat and I'm like, that's it. <laughs> I, I lost my opportunity. <laughs> he went to like Boris Verhovsky or some or Bernard to talk what I like. For me, it was the end of the world. And he comes back and he goes, so did you think about it? You are the only person that gives me white hair. So either you get your shit together and we're going to continue training, or this is the last time we're training together and you can go and train with whoever else you want. And I'm going to go speak to them that I don't want to coach you anymore. Oh, I was so scared because I knew if that was going to happen, my parents are going to murder me. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> 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 so you just said yes yes i'll do it i'll do it i i realized that okay i guess i guess um there's no way out he's also from ussr <laughs> <laughs> i guess crazy. i just have to get up and train and from there on we just trained and we trained hard and we trained twice per day and i remember three months after we started the trapeze i had to do a small presentation in front of Ferna. And the presentation, we we showed, you know, Victor started off like the usual with the bass and the tempo. So there was not much to show, just the progression of how we're, uh, how the evolution is going of the trainings. And after the presentation, Ferna told me that it was complete shit and that he was very disappointed with the presentation and that um, he had, he, he, he almost, questioned if it was the right thing for them to invest in me learning oh trapeze. my god and what did what yes. did victor said did victor took your victor defense was or do you very think? Up, victor was very upset because we obviously you know we were going step by steps and victor doesn't like when people tell them that a job is badly done so after that presentation we went on fifth gear and we just trained and trained and trained and repetition after repetition and then when we did the presentation it was like moon and earth oh yes so different and then was bernard happy that time 
I don't remember that, but everybody was applauding. <laughs> oh, that's a, that, that's a good sign. That's a very good sign. Yes. So, um, and 14, all, yeah. So that's so this whole process took 14 months. You would like the same process with someone normal would take what two to three years, something like that. Yes, three years in order to learn the basics, to learn the you know to learn the basics of trapeze and put somewhat an act that is okay. To three years, yes. And um, what now I'm thinking about it, how was it for you? Because you were 12 years old in Montreal. Did you have a tutor with you? That's uh, that's also another crazy story. I changed guardians like family three times because uh, when I arrived, I lived um, in a one family and it didn't go very well. Then I had to change another family. So I in this whole mm, 14 months I changed I think three times it was just random family that Cirque found and had to live with them and blend into their family and uh, just live by the rules and I bet I bet whoever family they were their rules were probably much easier than your parents rules right um yes but also but it was very difficult for them to understand because they they treat me as a 12 year old and I grew up as an adult, um, you know, going to bed at like 1am after the shows, taking care of myself. Uh, you know, it was, it was the, the mentality was very different because from seven years old, I've been working already 10 shows per week for three years and very independent. And then I, then I am here in the family living a normal life where people go to bed at like 10 p.m. and wake up at six and and their ch children don't know anything about performing or responsibilities and then you're dealing like this with this yeah, there's a gap for sure yeah well there is a huge gap yeah like the, the, that's why the first family didn't go really well because their kid was you know she was six months younger than me but her her mind was elsewhere and it was just ridiculous it was just nonsense I, I couldn't, I couldn't stand it. That's why I had to change. And the second family was much better. They already had previous um, kids, uh, certain kids that stayed with them before. So they had a bit of more of an experience how to deal with certain kids. All right, guys, a little side story now. Back in 2014, I hurt my back training backstage before a show. The pain was so intense, I couldn't put my socks on, sit for more than two minutes, and obviously it took me out of the show for quite some time. I followed a strict core rehabilitation program, and after six weeks, I got back on stage. But I kept having recurring pain. So I started to educate myself about core anatomy, rehab training, and pain science. I wanted to understand why am I doing all these exercises if the pain keeps coming back? The more I was learning, the more I understood I had to change. I started switching exercises, tweak some techniques and executions, and also completely changed my perception of pain. After a couple of weeks, on top of reducing considerably my pain level, I was feeling so much stronger, which increased my confidence to move and better perform on stage. My life overall was so much better. Finally, I was pain-free and not scared to hurt my back again. I had a lot of artists and athlete friends who saw that happening and asked me, hey, what did you do for your back? 
and I thought I could put it all out in a clear and clean way instead of always pulling random videos on YouTube and giving quick guidance. So I reached out to all the best doctors, physiotherapists and performance medicine specialists whom I met touring and asked them to help me develop Protocol Cut to the Core. Protocol Cut to the Core is the first rehab and strengthening protocol for back or hip pain that also includes a comprehensive course in core anatomy, biomechanics and pain science. It is approved by doctors, physios and performance medicine specialists from five different countries. If you are suffering from acute or persistent back or hip pain, you can find protocol Cut to the Core on our website at cuttothecorefitness.com. When movement is an issue, movement is the solution. And now, let's get back to the show. Your training with Victor is done. Your act for Celtic Monko is ready. They send yes. you back to the show and then you have to integrate into the show. Yes, they sent me back in the show and uh, I was um, I arrived and I had to perform on Sunday. And at, um, in Celtic Monko at that time, there was still a trapeze artist that was finishing her contract. And um, she decided um, not to come to work on Saturday <laughs> for some reason, and she just disappeared. So <laughs> they, they told me, well, instead of Sunday, you have to perform today. So today was the presentation, and today was two shows, and I just jumped into the show like that. And um, they, were, they were not sure if I was going to be able to do it, but I, uh, I did it. It was, it was amazing. I had, uh, uh, had so much fun. And how was it for your parents to see you doing your own act? And I don't know. I guess they were proud. I don't remember. I guess they were maybe very stressed and worried for me because I don't. I was so focused on on my trapeze and just doing what I had to do and what I came back to do. But it's a, it's a good thing to be focused on what you have to do and listening to your story. It, it's evident that your parents, they knew acrobatics. So they saw the enormous amount of work you put in and what you accomplished in only 14 months. So they were, I'm sure they must have been I'm, like, wow, they must I'm be pretty sure. impressed. I'm sure. I don't remember them telling much about my performance. I know my mom till today doesn't like to watch me on the trapeze because she's afraid. <laughs> yeah, that makes that makes if sense. If she has yeah. a if she has a choice, she prefers not to watch. She she's more of like a the person that worries a lot. And my dad, uh, my dad, um, I guess he's yeah, I guess he was happy. <laughs> I don't know. For how long did you perform your act in Saltimanco after that? Saltimanco, um, Saltimanco trapeze act for two years, but the second year I came back with the trapeze act. My mom got pregnant and my dad looked at me and he said well you know what you will have to do adagio again but this time as a role of a mother what yes and i was like what wait 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 wait. how come like he goes it's not a choice it's a it's your family it's our family and this is the deed you have to do for the family so in the first part of the show i did adagio with my brother that did the child that I used to do before. 
I was the mother. That's crazy. And, and my dad was the dad. So we played a family, but it was very awkward because it was my dad and I was, you know, the daughter and then I'm my brother. But you play like you're the mother and the father. And the ch- so That's anyway. crazy. So you had to do two acts. So, yes, I had to show. do two oh acts. Oh, my God. Yes. So it was um, it was good because the makeup was was fitting for both uh act so in the first act in the first part of the show first act i did adagio then i would do two cues like two two little passages in in the show in the first act then come come the end of the first part of the show i would change it would be 30 minute intermission i would warm up get mentally ready for trapeze put on my boots starts the second half of the show it was russian swing act and i was second act wow and how was that how was that to perform two acts in the same shows two shows a day 10 shows a week um i'm i love performing and the trapeze was not performance it was so much fun so for me doing trapeze was just just like going for a little swing in the park. It was, I didn't see it as an effort. I was so, it was so much fun. I had, yeah, I didn't, it didn't cost me anything. (laughs) That's amazing. And so you did, you did this for a year. For a year. So I did a year of trapeze and the second year of, you know, me coming back when I was already 14, I did another year of, Adagio is a role of a mother and trapeze. And something that I'm I'm thinking about now is that you, it was an adagio act with your brother. So you had to port your brother, right? Yes, we did Colonna three. So I, I was the middle. So my dad was on the bottom. I was the middle and my brother was on top. It's and, quite heavy. <laughs> and and how, how, did, <laughs> how did you um, deal with them, the, the well, fear? Because you, in one act, you have to carry someone else who is your brother and in in the other act you are swinging in the air so it's two different type yeah. of yeah, situation how did you deal with this um it was fine what i what i had friction dealing with is my dad because now i was already a teenager and i didn't take anything from him as when i was young you know you just you know you just nod along and you do what you have to do and when 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 two fires meet in one act and something is done in the act on purpose and your teenage daughter (laughs) is telling um, you something, you know, and he's firing back at you. I didn't take any shit. (laughs) Did you, did you try to turn your back on your dad? Like you did to Victor too? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yes. Because sometimes my dad was like too much and and I already felt like, you know, like being a solo act, you, you, you're your own master and you decide for yourself what is, how much is enough for you. So I already had a feel of that with having a, my own sol- solo act. So when it came to doing like an, back to like trio act and mistakes, small mistakes were happening um, in trainings or during the show and you come backstage and he's like, let's do it again. I'm like, hell no, no, we, we have to do it again. And I was like, no, we don't have to, it was fine. 
and you know then like that that friction started sometimes started. Oh between my, my father and i that's crazy you, then, you had a taste of that freedom of the trapeze and yes. you were like i'm not going yes, back so, i'm not going back yes to this. exactly i didn't take anything and then you know it's it's funny because i on uh, the second year i did adagio with again adagio and trapeze the, also that same year my dad got offered to be artist coach so he was also doing my safety line in trapeze and that was that was different level because that was something that he had to do for the act for my act and when he and we would fight a lot we would fight about your act yes because i'd be like don't pull there i'm not pulling yes you're pulling and then it would just start and it was just the climax would go and go to an un- un- unfinished <laughs> that's crazy and so, so-, so when when they hired me for hoya because my dad is here as a coach right has a head coach when they hired me for hoya they one of the questions that they ask uh how is dash how is Dasha and you are going to be working together because, you know, you, we have some previous history. Oh my God. That's so funny. <laughs> and, you know, I matured a lot and my father also matured a lot. And we were like, well, you know, it's, it's in the past. Like you can't compare a teenager with a younger, with a younger late thirties guy. And, uh, you know, so it's, it's, it's different, you know, times change, you learn, you grow, you move on and you you approach things differently when you're older. Now, fast forward, you've worked for sick as a teenager. So, how was the experience for you? Um, uh, we're we're talking about two different companies as well. Cirque du Soleil in in early, in nineties and early two thousands was a totally different brand. It was a different company. Um, it grew a lot. It changed. There in good ways and bad ways. You know, there was pros and cons because it it went different ways compared to how it was before it also became so much bigger um definitely when i was a teenager it was more as a family and the worlds were so much easier it was so much freer and um i remember people having so much you know fun and so much freedom even sh- like show related um now it's a lot more structure a lot more rules um i'm not saying it's bad it's just different and obviously um every show has been for me different because every show i i witnessed at a different age so at a different age you always have a different men- mindset a different mentality things you look at things differently so um it's it's changes and that's what's amazing about it because it's never the same yeah so like you changed in the same time that Cirque was changing yes 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 so maybe if if i would have worked um now now the person i am today but with the company that was in the 90s maybe i would not have agreed on a lot of things but i guess it's you know it's it's an evolution you're you're you have an evolution so does the company so um, and the world is changing, so you must you must always tweak. And how did Kuza happen? 
<laughs> Kuza happened. Oh, Kuza is definitely a very special, holds a very special, special place in my heart. Uh, Kuza happened. Um, so I, I did two years of uh, Saltamanco uh, as a trapeze artist. And then Cirque already had started some conversations um, to bring me to the Cirque de Demain Festival in Paris. And it didn't have the plan. The original plan was to bring me to Paris Festival after one year of me doing trapeze. And it didn't work because my mom got pregnant. So we had to postpone another year. So when I when I was leaving Sultan Banco, they I have already signed a contract for Kuza. I was the first artist to sign a contract with Kuza before they even had it almost like a storyline. Okay, so you did the so for the creation of a new show that was going to be Kuza. Yes, in two thousand seven started the creation. Yeah, two thousand seven and two thousand eight. We end of two thousand seven. Two thousand seven. Yes. So when I left Saltamanco, Sork asked me not to tell anyone that I would not come back to Saltamanco. <laughs> So when I was leaving Saltimbanco, I was saying a goodbye for real to everybody. But everybody thought I would come back. But I knew that after um, the festival, I would stay in Montreal and wait for the creation of Kuza. So I left Saltimbanco and I went to Montreal for three months to boost a little bit my tricks on the trapeze. And go to the festival with a higher, with a harder technique, mm-hmm. with harder tricks and so that nobody knew about. And at that time, you were what, 16? Yes. Okay. I, I was 15, sorry. I was 15. And then I turned 16 um, when we went to the festival. Okay. So I left three months before January. So. I was 15. We trained like maniacs with Victor, pushing me so hard. Uh, <laughs> but the festival ended up being a success because you got gold and what, five other prizes? Yes. The, the festival was very successful. They already announced to, uh, they told me that, that I won gold, but I told them before I don't, until I don't have the gold hanging on my neck, I won't believe it. <laughs> But I won gold and yes, uh, five other prizes. But Sorry. I guess after all of that success, you're ready mentally. You're pretty ready to start on Kuza. You're like, com- did that bring oh, yeah. you more confident? And you're like, okay, I'm yes. ready to kill it. But in the new show. after after I come back, I, we came back after Paris to Montreal. I was I was already scheduled to train the next day after our uh, arrival and. I couldn't swing because my back was very, very bad. And I had to um, I had to take rest for three months, I think. I didn't train for three months because I, was, I had a lot of back pain. And then creation of Kuza started. Um, it was just something I've been dreaming on for the longest time because, you know, during creation, you have the opportunity to create something of your own and put everything you have all your heart into something new and whatever you put into that act or that scene is is always going to be there's going to always be a little part of you in it because you also put something into it you know (laughs) 
It was kind of tough because for the first time I was also by myself without parents and without guardians. Hmm. So I had a full freedom and I guess I had too much of it and I didn't quite know how to deal with it because I wanted it so much for a long time. Mm. So it was, uh, it was a bit hard. I, I was, I was depressed a little bit for a long time because I was lost. Um, work-wise, everything was amazing. I was very professional, but life-wise I was lost. I was mm. lost. I didn't know where to go, what to do, who to follow. Who to, my, my biggest problem was I couldn't trust people. I couldn't, had I had a hard time like really having good friends and really opening up myself to somebody and talking about my problems or some insecurities or things I thought because a couple of days later I would, half of the circuit would know about it. Mm, so that, yeah. that really, that really hurted me a lot, especially, you know, when you're 18, even though you're so confident on stage, you still have your own insecurities and you want some somebody to rely on but those people were not there and it turned out to be sometimes not the prettiest scenes for sure and as an, an artist we are very sensitive people yes. so it's also and it's also it must have been even harder for you because you had that sensitivity yes so um, work-wise kuza beautiful amazing can say anything about it personal life um, I did have struggles, did have struggles. Yeah. And did you um, ever think about quitting? I love trapeze. <laughs> trapeze that was, was my therapy. That was my therapy. Wow, Coming to work and having those five minutes on stage was that's, that's what I was living for. I would even come on, on site. I would just like roll myself up, up in blankets, just wait for a show call, do my makeup. Not, not talk to many people. Five minutes on stage was my therapy. That was like what made me want to live. Wow, it's amazing. In the audience, you have no idea what what the artist's life is. You, you don't know what yeah. the people are going through, but you can feel when someone is being very vulnerable on stage and like when an artist is being generous and everything. So if you were living through all the struggle, I am sure your performance on stage must have been on another level. So it must have been amazing for the people to see that happening in the show. Um, I, I hope so. And I wish I could see myself from the side. <laughs> <laughs> if you could describe the three different Dasha, kids Dasha, teenager Dasha, and now adult Dasha. What, what would you, what would you, what would you think? What are the difference uh, as okay. yourself as a person is and as an artist as well? Um, shy, wild, wise. Ah, okay. It's a good progression. <laughs> <laughs> um, as an artist, um, probably, well, in, th in, th in, both of those three stages, child, teenager, and now I'm probably hardworking, still am. I love to hard work hard and see the achievements. And I love to achieve goals and set myself high goals. Because that's what keeps me alive and 
being in the present moment. But as an artist, I would probably say, um, <laughs> as a child, I, I trained hard and a lot. As a teenager, I just, I showed all that I had uh, as a talented artist. And today, I'm probably sometimes not always satisfied with my work. So I'm still pushing myself to be better than I am. <laughs> so wait, like you, how many years, like today, how many years have you been working for Cirque? 24. So after 24 years of hard working, three shows, you are still not satisfied with your work. You're still pushing. You still want to be better. Yes, of course. I That's still crazy. see some imperfections. I still, <laughs> even today, I'm still, sometimes we have uh, meetings with our artistic director. And I said, come on, Robert, you have to like, you know, tell me, tell me things. I need to, I need to know what do you feel? How was it? I'm still sometimes even not sure if it is like good you know because i'm still doubting myself hey, that's a, even... that's very good that's that i think that's something like every art like as an artist to after all this time and like i, I mean i know i've been doing I, I haven't worked for cirque for as many years as you but i did a five years on, on totem and it's, it's a lot of shows and to keep doubting yourself after every show watching the tv like the recording of the show and finding these yeah. little details and that's really what keeps you alive and that keep keeps making you a better artist for sure I, yeah i think it's you know it's the like i said we're always changing so even if like maybe a month ago i was good maybe today it's not the good anymore maybe it's a it will be a new good you know it's yeah you that's my mojo and uh, and after all these years Every time you take the the bow at the end of the show, is it still an emotional moment for you? It's uh, at uh, the bow uh, at the end of the act. Absolutely, absolutely. It's like I'm giving it all until my last cell. When I do that bow at the end of the act, I look up the sky, and then I just open my arms and I say thank you to single each one of you who is here that came to watch us came to watch me. I hope you freaking enjoyed it because I gave it all. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, what's, what would be for the future? What are your, your hopes? What do you have any dreams, any Cirque du Soleil dreams, any personal dreams you would like to do? I really want to do <laughs> creation with Cirque du Soleil on a new show. That's definitely one of the dreams I maybe, I'm also, you know, not getting younger. And with trapeze, it, it's, it demands a lot to perform at a good, good level. Yeah, but for sure. If, but, you, if, you're, but you're still pretty much on top. So you, you have a lot of gas in the tank still. Yes. Sometimes, sometimes <laughs> there's days where I feel like, oh my God, it's my last, my last bits of tank. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I definitely, yes, my, my dream is to do a creation with Cirque du Soleil. And I feel like it's even going to be better than Kuza if it ha does happen one day, because now with the knowledge I have throughout all these years and the, the adult I have be, became um, 
in what I've lived through, I think I have a lot to offer, something new to offer, something okay. that, yeah. So that's definitely my dream. If any of you are listening to this, <laughs> hear me. Give, give me. Give me on your creation. And uh, And I have a one, two last questions for you. The first one would be, I, I, as an artist, I was, um, I was a very superstitious artist. I had a a lucky charm, like a, that I was Uh putting in my costume before every show. Oh, really? Yeah. And, and, um, I was wondering if you had anything, if you had any, like something special that you were doing before your act since the beginning, like a lucky charm or something like that. Um, I have never named my trapeze and never will. (laughs) Um, I don't have any lucky charms, but I definitely love to have my trapeze spot on, clean, no extra things dangling around. I like to, if I have a training that day, I go through all the little details. I cut the tapes. I, I like my trapeze to be slick and very minimal and clean. Otherwise, um, no, as soon as I step or touch the trapeze, depending on how I preset for the show, the minute I touch the trapeze, I'm one with the trapeze. Nothing else, nothing else matters. Nothing else is on my mind. It's just me and the trapeze. It's beautiful. (laughs) And would you have any advice for new artists, young artists, or people who would want to get into Cirque du Soleil or circus in general? I would just say, follow your heart, follow your dreams, never doubt yourself, never give up. Don't, don't climb too high, always stay closer to the ground <laughs> in terms of humbleness. Yeah, it's very important. Yes. These are my, my, these are my favorite artists. The one who talk the less, but who do the most. A lot, of course. Uh, Actions speak louder, I guess. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And I'm just thinking I have one last funny question for you. If you, if today an alien would land on earth, how would you describe Cirque du Soleil to this alien? I would say it's very much like your world so how <laughs> you would be a great you would be a great act in our show <laughs> come and join us and let's run away with the circus <laughs> awesome oh but just one last 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 question what is your favorite Cirque du Soleil show <laughs> um now or in where I worked, uh, I would say ever. Like you, you ever. no limits. You can have worked on a show you never worked on. I don't have any favorite Cirque du Soleil show because each one of them is so unique and beautiful. And the the day you watch the show and the experience you go through, that's what is unique is that that moment you live it in so every show is unique in its own way and i would like to say kuza because it, i've been there and i worked there and i just 
I guess it was also because it was the creation. So you put so much heart and love into it. So it always stays with you forever as a baby that you created. So, okay. If you have to ask Kuza. Ah, nice. <laughs> yeah. I love Kuza too. Yes. Baba, thank you so much for coming today. And uh, I wish you good luck. I mean, you don't need luck. You're such a hardworking artist. You have this experience, but I wish you great pleasure to go back in the show in Hoya. Thank you so much. And thank you for the invitation. It's been a pleasure. Now, how special was that? A whole life performing on stage. That's amazing. And the way she does it too. Reinventing herself shows after shows. A true artist right there. Guys, as always, if you like the show, give us a good rating and review. Share the podcast on your social medias with your friends, your family. Also, we are preparing a special Q&A episode in which I'll be answering your questions. If you have anything you'd like to know about Cirque or the entertainment industry, send your questions on our Instagram at Tapirouge Podcast. And if I don't have the answer, I'll just ask around. I want to make sure I give you guys a good answer. All right, take it easy. And until next week, as we say in the circus, see you down the road. <laughs>